The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Unfiltered Life Podcast with Charlotte Jonesy. Hey everyone, it's Charlotte Jonesy here, the women's coach. Welcome to the Unfiltered Life Podcast. On this show, I'll be sharing the highs and lows of life with helpful hints, tips, and experiences. I want to inspire you to step outside of your comfort zone, turn your pain into purpose, and create your own version of success. As a life coach, mindset mentor, and mum, I am passionate about helping women through life's challenges. My guests and I will get uncomfortable so that you can feel comfortable bringing you a real, honest and unfiltered view. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, but I trust this is the right thing for my children and maybe I'll be wrong. You have to trust me. And I said to her, I'll go and look into it. And she did. And she was like, Hayley, I've been up to like three o'clock in the morning reading about radical unschooling. I totally get why you're doing it and I support you in it. everyone, I have got Hayley on the podcast today who is a purpose and success coach. She's also a mum to four young kids who she home educates and follows a radical unschooling approach. Her life could be considered unconventional by society norms, by the way that she parents, how she runs her business. But I want to ask the question, is it really unconventional or is it just what people are told what they are supposed to do? So I'm very excited to welcome her and to talk about this approach and how she handles four kids and being a CEO. <laughs> so welcome, Hayley. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. I'm excited for you to be here. So I want to start off by asking you to kind of explain the whole radical unschooling. What does that mean? What is it? So for us, it's like a whole parent and philosophy. So we got into it through home educating and then came across this and it's way more than just how you educate your kids it's how you bring them up really how you live and essentially it comes down to not having rules in the house so instead of parenting from like an authority figure we parent through giving the kids full body autonomy and parent through mutual respect so Essentially, I treat the kids how I treat my husband. Um, so we all have a say in what we do as a family. They get to decide like what they eat, when they eat, when they go to sleep, when they get up, what they want to do that day. We discuss it all as a family, but it's very much they get to self-regulate everything in their life and they get a say over everything in their life as well. Wow. I remember you telling me this, which is why I invited you onto the podcast, because I was like, I've never heard of this. It sounds amazing. And I just want to know, like, there's so much to unpack, but where did this come from? What's your journey to get here and why did you choose this approach? Yeah, so I remember I was always open to what I knew as homeschooling at the time. So we had my first son and 
we explored education for him so what's going to be the best thing for him and what we done was we moved to the area we used to live in because they had the top public schools in Scotland so we got a house there because education was really important to me but in saying that I've always felt a little bit uneasy about him going into the system I remember I was at my mum's work and it was the weekend and he was due to start nursery on the Monday and my mum was asking how I was feeling and I was like that well this is it is life's over and she's like Haley's three what do you mean is life so far and I was like well it's nursery and in school and in college or uni and in a job and then that's it until he retires and then he's too tired and sore to live his life. I was like, his life's going to be over. And I couldn't grasp like that, but I didn't know there was any other way either. So he went into nursery and he really struggled in nursery. We now know he's got autism and he's like got classic autism, um, but it wasn't picked up in nursery. He was different from other kids and needed a lot different support so he had to change different nurseries till we found a really small one where he settled and then they were saying that there was nothing wrong with him that he just needs to work on his social interaction more went to primary school and within the first week they were had one-to-one support for him from the minute he went in till the minute he finished they were the ones that really pushed us to go and see about getting him diagnosed which obviously we did but I feel like the school was amazing, but they could see him getting overwhelmed at lunchtime. So they stopped him going outside to play with kids at lunchtime and they were like keeping him in. And I was questioning, like, has he done anything wrong? And they were like, no, it's just better for him. And just little things like that where I knew I was like, I don't want my son being in that environment where he's so singled out. He was really getting, like, struggling. Friends that he was friends with outside school, inside school, he was starting to struggle with that relationship. And he was just going inside himself. Like, things that were he used to talk about, he just wouldn't be speaking about anymore. Um, And, I mean, I already started not kicking the feathers a little bit, do you know what I mean? Rustling the feathers, that's it. Because when it came to homework, he got homework on his very first day of primary one. It was a full first day. There was no half days at this school, full first day. And his homework was taking him like an hour to do. And he's so intelligent. I was like, it shouldn't be taking this long. And I asked the school, I says, is the homework mandatory? And they were like, well, it's very highly recommended. I was like, that's not what I asked. I asked, is it mandatory? And they said no. So I was like, he's not doing homework anymore. He's in school when he's in school. And when he's at home, he spends time as a family. So I already stopped that. But it was about three or four months into going to school. I was driving him and he said, mummy, do I have to go to school? Like, do I have to? can I not just stay home? And I was like, well, I don't actually know. I don't know the answer for that. So I dropped him off at school that day and I researched all about it. And I found out that actually you didn't have to send your kids to school. So when he got home that night, we had lots of chats. We spoke to the school and two weeks later, we pulled him out of school and that was it. He didn't go back into a schooling system and none of the other three of my kids have ever been in nursery or school. So we started really homeschooling. So that's doing workbooks with him and sitting down written work 
And again, I was just like, this just isn't working. And by that time, I joined home educating groups on Facebook and I heard about something called unschooling. Now, unschooling is to do with the learning specifically and it's about learning through life rather than learning through workbooks or sitting down doing certain work. So you go to science museums or you do experiments or you do cooking and baking or you deal with money and you'll learn really organically and it's very child-led so we started doing that and then again through these groups I heard about radical unschooling and as soon as I heard about it I just knew that this is the way our family was meant to be and meant to live so we we started that it was a long journey to get from where we were to where we are now it was a hard one but it's transformed our lives and I'm not against the school system but now that I'm out of it I can actually see how much it can cause harm to some children and how much my kids are thriving by not being in the system. We are just going to take a pause there for a quick ad break to tell you about my free masterclass that I am running. And this is for all the mums who are looking for a million dollar mummy mindset. So this is going to be a free 60 minute masterclass that will help you discover how to shift your mindset, get body confident, boss mum life and reach your goals without that mum guilt. We're going to be giving away some free stuff at this free masterclass. So you're going to get so much value from it. So I am looking forward to seeing you there. If you do sign up, then send me a DM, let me know or share it on your stories and tag me. I would love to know. I look forward to seeing you there. Don't forget to click the link. It's a no risk free masterclass for you mummies out there. Right now, let's get back to the episode. That's so interesting. Honestly, I could just listen to your story forever because I think we are taught, aren't we? And actually my partner and I had this conversation last night that actually a lot of kids don't want to be in school, which is why they play up. They then, you know, they're quite abusive or, you know, they become bullies or, you know, there's things going on. But then at the same time, we had this whole debate because... For me, as a child, it was my way of getting out, you know, of not being around home. So it's amazing to hear that your children have a lovely home to be in. So for other kids, it's also a a way of getting away from their home life. So it's a really interesting debate, isn't it? I'm so intrigued. Like, what is a day in the life for you guys? Well, just now, my three boys are still in their bed. (laughs) So... (laughs) They, they often stay up quite late at night and they sleep usually, well, it's half past one in the afternoon and they are still in their bed and their dad is a late sleeper as well, so he stays up with them. They usually go to bed anywhere between 11 o'clock at night and I'd say two o'clock in the morning and that suits them. Millie's up just now with her dad, so she's an absolute riot. She's amazing though, but every day's different and it's just... What I would say is we always, at the weekends, we're always at home. So weekends is our home time. And actually when I do like admin for work and things, because we get to go out during the week when it's really quiet places. So we tend to avoid places at the weekends. So we are on a kind of opposite schedule from most people. But yeah, it just involves 
we do things like we go out and we go to home educating groups and things like that. We try and do that at least once a week. But most of the time, it's just like playing with the kids and following their passion. Like my eight-year-old, he makes his own YouTube videos and he edits them. He's learned to code games on the PC and it's all very much self-taught. So we just facilitate their learning so what is it they want to be interested in and for the boys it is quite computer orientated whereas Millie it's like arts and crafts and play and we've got like a massive garden as well we've got horses in the field next to us the kids have got like a gazillion pets so I'd say it's very like my friends describe our life as it should be hectic but they're like that, you've got like the most chilled out, laid back house ever. Like it's just, everyone's just so chilled and so relaxed and we just all do our own thing, but we're always like together as well. So the kids have all got their own room, but we're always, they're always sleeping in each other's rooms and down with us. And I wouldn't say there's one day that's like particularly the same. Like we don't get up at a certain time and do like, work or games or right we're doing science or we're doing outdoors or we're doing that it's nothing like that it's very much like what do you want to do today do you want to go out do you want to chill in the house what's going on I love that and it's really empowering to listen to actually I was just thinking I mean plenty of adults could probably vouch for this or parents even just how we we should be taught more life in school, in the education system anyway. Like, I mean, I've said this for a long, long time and they're still not really doing it. And it's quite sad that they're still not doing it. So social media should be a whole lesson in itself as an example, like how to deal with that stuff that goes on. Like we didn't grow up with that or even how to tap into you know, exercises for anxiety or, you know, the the shit that we have to deal with on a daily basis. We're not taught that in school. And to force kids to do particular lessons that actually won't benefit them in the long run, like algebra comes to mind in my head because I hated it. And when have I ever used algebra in my adult life? I haven't. So it's amazing to listen to to that. Most people in the world, their core limiting belief is I am not enough. And schools play into that something silly because unless you're good at everything, you're not enough. You'll get told you're not doing well enough. Your grades should be better. So There could be a kid that's thriving in drama and failing all their other subjects and they get told you're not doing good enough you're not performing well enough you're failing you're this you're that and it's not the only reason that comes in but schools and that generalized we should be good at everything it's so detrimental to kids rather than seeing what it is are they naturally gifted at because we're all naturally gifted at different things And then what are they passionate about and how can you nurture those things? Yeah, definitely. I wanted to ask you about socialising because I guess this is something that people would think about. Like as an example, my little boy's gone to nursery just recently and, you know, one of the key benefits of him going to nursery is socialising is what I've been told. To be honest, he is, you know, he's mixing with kids, he's playing with kids now, which he wouldn't be doing at home. So, 
just give us a little insight how you manage that side of things it's funny it's the most asked question and how do your kids (laughs) socialize but again it's looking at what our conditioned response of socializing is so based on nurseries and schools being good for socializing you're hoping that your child will get on with someone who happened to be born around about the same time as them and who happens to live in a similar area of them and that's usually one in 30 chance of finding a friend who they're actually genuinely connected with rather than actually use it all similar age and all live together so go away and get on with each other whereas when we look at socializing like on a bigger picture and where else can kids socialize out with that so that can be a great way but it's also why a lot of kids feel like they're left out if they don't fit in with that group they're left out whereas like with home educating we've got meetups and it's not done by like age or categories it's like okay we're going to this place what kids are interested in coming along so it might be trampoline it might be skiing it might be the museum so they meet that way as well as obviously meeting people locally just going out to parks and things my kids have a lot of online friends as well because they're in across the world so they're chatting like my son's best friend is from America it's a girl in America and he's known her for three years now and they chat to each other and I chat to her and like he's chatted to her mum and they're just really good friends and that was like a really natural connection but as with like in real life they get that through their home educating meetups and it's so nice to see because sometimes I see my kids playing with kids their age but other times it's much older children and that's great for them to play again so kids who are maybe like 13 who in normal circumstances would be like I'm too cool to play are like running about with all these little ones and enjoying that time and the same with some of my kids are playing with those younger kids and they're mixing and they're getting on with people based on their interest rather than based on just their age. Wow brilliant response I'm just curious to know, do your kids ever question you as in like, you know, mum, why are we doing something different to what the society norm is? The whole thing about radical unschooling as well is it's child-led. So if the kids wanted to do anything, that's that's their choice. Like we don't, if they ever wanted to go to school, they'd be allowed to go to school. Like there's no rules, but they're quite, they love it because they pick up like I think they pick up on things and like my my son he'll be chatting to his friends and he'll be like one of his friends was like I'm going to move to Scotland and he was like that why do you want to move here and he's like so I don't have to go to school and my son was like no you don't get it I've just got really cool parents (laughs) like you need permission to not go to school (laughs) so like they love it they love that they're they'll be sitting and they're like oh thank like thank goodness I'm not having to go to school today or they'll see like like I hear them talking to each other sometimes and um, they'll be like 
do you know in school this happens? So like in school you have to like ask to go to the toilet or do you know in school like you can't just eat when you want? Like to them that's, it's a little bit, I was telling somebody this once and they were like, oh, it's like in Mean Girls. And I was like, it's so true. No when if you see Mean Girls at the start, cause she's home educated and she just like gets up to go to the bathroom. And she's like, well, what do you mean I can't just go? That's my kids think it's because they've just always lived this way. They think it's bizarre to go to school. They are just like, they see all the benefits and luckily they're they're really grateful for that they're like this is amazing that this gets to be my life but if they ever did want to go to school that'd be totally their choice as well it wouldn't ever be a I'm not letting you do that we have lots of open conversations about everything so it's always like spoken about and everybody's point of views are always discussed and brought on as well and how, what setting do you do that in? Do you kind of all come around the table or just let us visualise that? <laughs> no, it's just random, random, wherever we happen to be, the kids will jump into, it's usually in my bed, that's when the kids usually like come and chat to me about stuff. My, my son, my eldest, has just told me recently that he, he likes, likes someone. So he was asking, he pulled me into his brother's room, actually, mum, I've got something I'd like to talk to you about, maybe in private and we chatted it through and he's like I don't think we'll talk about this again and then he said mind you I might because you were fine I just told you and you've gave me some advice and it's fine I was like yep so again like it's so funny because there's certain things my kids talk about that make me and my husband cringe a little bit because we were brought up like you can't talk about this or you can't talk about that whereas we try to make our house a really open no words are like off topic it's all so you see me and him sometimes the kids will ask something and we're just like oh my gosh fighting our conditioned response of don't speak about that or don't do that or and we kind of have to fight that back that initial reaction and just make sure we're always creating that open space for the kids to talk about anything that's amazing. Just touching on kind of your husband, were you in agreement to do this or who was the one who initiated it? How did that go down? So I'd say it was more me that initiated it. I was like, I've heard about this. I absolutely love it. What do you think? But he is 100% on board and he's more for it than I am. Like I am so for it and so behind it. But sometimes I question myself. I think just being a mum, you're always questioning, is this the right thing? I'm constantly weighing up. Like I'd say at least once a year, weighing up our life, how we're moving forward. Is this the best thing? Whereas my husband, so he, the boys especially, are really like him and he had a really tough upbringing and a tough time in school as well. And he really didn't feel supported by school. So, and he as well, even doing like the school run he didn't like he hates the surface level chit chat and the keeping up with the joneses and like he's so not that way at all that he's always actually felt more awkward in that kind of environment so even though it was me that brought it up he's the one that's like always 
this is 100% the right thing. And I remember once actually we had a bit of a fallout to do with something totally else, but he was feeling stressed out by lots of things in his life. And he was, he was at my mum's house and my mum, this was a while ago now, and her automatic reaction was, maybe you should send the kids to school then it would take some strain off and you'd have more time for yourself and bless him even though we'd fell out my mum said he turned around and was like no this wasn't like Haley's idea this is something we decided as a family and that is like I am a hundred percent behind this it doesn't mean to say that it's not hard especially we don't really have any support and we live far away from family and it's very much just birthdays and Christmases we see people so it is hard doing it but yeah he was so behind it it never comes into his mind to live a different way. Amazing so are you both kind of are you both working because obviously you do you've got your own business you're a CEO so what's his role within the whole dynamic? So he's kind of working and kind of not and this has been so he's a personal trainer he is actually just doing a meditation coaching qualification as well he wants to start to bring more of the coaching into it but his business has definitely took a back seat and that was decided when I had when I was pregnant with my third son I was working on a movie um, to do with my old work like three weeks after he was born and I was contracted in so I had to do it. I couldn't give that up. So that was another story as well. As a family we all, all went and lived close by to the set. I was like expressing on set, feeding him all night. It was hectic. <laughs> but it was decided there and then that what do we look at? Do we look at some sort of nanny, some sort of childcare or him taking a back seat because I knew in my business I wasn't going to and he decided to be mostly with the kids and that's how it's been up until now and I think that'll always be the case. We spoke about as he starts building up his business again and really growing with that. Now that I'm kind of on track, I can work less in my business now, which opens up hours for him to work more. And we spoke about getting help in, but not as like a nanny, more either like a housekeeper or a mother's help or something like that. Someone not to take over the role of looking after the children, but just help a little around the house and help if we both happen to be on a call at the same time that there was someone there to look after the kids as well. And that's really interesting listening to you about that because I relate because my partner's a personal trainer and actually when I was setting up my business three months postpartum, he had to take a back seat in his business because you can't both run at full capacity can you and I'm talking about one child here so I can't even imagine what you guys were dealing with so yeah I do totally understand that but at the same time we've had a recent conversation we've actually had to put a schedule together because he's now he's going into a different business he's setting up a new business and that's his goals and dreams and I have to support that but then I also don't want to just be, I'm more than just mum. I've got my business. I'm also a friend. I'm a partner. You know, there's all of these other roles that we have in life. But equally, we want to make sure that we're supporting our kids as much as possible. But we've had to draw this up because I'm very much, if we are financially 50-50 split, then we are childcare 50-50 split as well. It doesn't just fall on us as mums to take on the traditional role of a mother which has 
you know, come down the line from generations and generations and what the media say a mother should be. So we are fighting against that. So I love listening to your story, Hayley, and how, you know, he's taken on that role because it's something that Matt and I have actually discussed as well. You know, my grandma doesn't get it. My grandma's (laughs) like, explain this house husband thing again to me, Hayley. You know how you get a housewife? Derek does everything a housewife does. I don't do washing. I hardly do dishes. I very rarely cook. I run my business. And then when I'm not running my business, I'm spending time with my kids or spending time with Derek. And that's roles that used to be very, very different in our family life. But it's switched and that's what works for us. But yeah, my grandma is just like, doesn't get it. Like, what do you mean that Derek's the one that like does the housework and looks after the kids. And I'm like, well, just that. That's what he does. That's his main role in our family at this moment. And I think it's brilliant. And I think we need to have more conversations around this because to open it up and actually say that it's okay for a man to be at home and also be a house husband. It is okay. And actually sometimes it works better off for a family as your, you know, proof in the pudding. I just want to move on to kind of, you mentioned something about no rules, which I just wanted to ask you around when you say no rules, how do you manage routines, behaviour, you know, all the things that we are told, especially from the beginning when you have a baby, get him or her into a solid routine and then you'll be able to get your life back? Or, you know, if you don't have any rules, how do they know boundaries or when to stop? And what's the relationship dynamic between all of your kids? So with routines, we don't have routines. We don't have any routines. We've all got kind of our own thing to go with. and I'm quite against them now because as a mum with two children that has autism Lucas while he was in school needed flashcards he needed like picture cards to even go to the bathroom you do this step and then that one and that one since parenting the way we parent now you'd hardly be able to like you hardly see his major artistic traits now he doesn't need routine which again is not like what we've been taught with autistic kids, but most children, what he needed was to feel in control of his own life. So especially children with autism thrive on routine because they know what's happening next. There's no surprises thrown on them. But because Lucas is in control of his life, there's no surprises thrown on him. So if I cook dinner and shout it's dinner time and he's playing a game, he can choose to come down for dinner or not. It's not, you can come down and do this now and I told you it was going to be dinner time. There's none of that. There's no kick-ups, there's no flare-ups, there's no big meltdowns around that. So not having rules hasn't impacted our routine because we don't have one anyway. We've got certain things that we tend to do at similar times. I usually always make breakfast, lunch and dinner at similar times every day. We go to bed at similar times, but there's never any set routine or this is the way to do things. And as with like sort of respecting each other, because we've modelled it, because we've not shouted at the kids or lashed out or grabbed them and put them somewhere like the kids then aren't seeing that and doing it with each other either which adults are so like we're not perfect I'll sometimes shout at the kids and I don't mean to it's very rarely I remember the once Lucas was about five and as he had shouted 
and his dad gave was shouting at him, giving him a row. And Lucas is like, but now you're just shouting. And he's like, but I'm shouting at you. And Lucas is like, but I'm a kid. You're an adult. You should know better. And I was just like so proud of him because I was like, Derek, he's absolutely right. So a lot of it for us is about modelling that behaviour. We're with them all the time as well. We're playing games with them. So we are modelling the right way to do things. We're modelling the right way to socialise with each other. And my boundaries have actually got a lot stricter now that I parent this way compared to before. Before I was always the in a minute mum. So I'd be like, they'd ask me something, in a minute, in a minute, in a minute, I'm busy, in a minute. And then I realised, one, it's okay to say no to my kids because I'm busy right now and that doesn't matter whether I'm having a cup of tea or having writing an email. Sometimes I'm having a cup of tea and the kids will ask me for something. If I've just sat down and I don't want to jump up again, they get told, listen, is it urgent? No, then you can wait five minutes. And me holding such strong boundaries myself, again, model strong boundaries for them. Like I'm not there at their beck and call. Again, with dinner, they get to choose what they eat. That doesn't mean to say I cook six different meals. I cook a dinner that I know everybody likes. If they don't want to eat it, okay, the cupboards are yours. Go away and make whatever you want. I'm not going to force you to eat this meal, but I'm also not making like loads of different meals. I realised that I was actually lying to the kids. I was teaching them that I don't hold my word because I wasn't going to do it in one minute. Whereas now I'll be like, check the clock, I'll come through in six minutes. If I'm finished doing what I'm doing or I'm not finished, those six minutes are up, I'm through there. So the kids know that my word, like I'm integrity with my word and I'm integrity with my boundaries and it gives them permission to do the same. So their relationship with each other, again, has grown like that. You see the little ones are trickier because they don't respect boundaries as well. They've not learnt that yet. But again, that's okay. It's just knowing that when we need to come in as parents and guide the little ones away or let them explain to them and do other things with them. Whereas the older ones are, the two older ones are very together and now the middle ones just joined the older one. So up until about six months ago, he was like Millie's best friend. They were doing all the role play together and dressing up and like toy kitchens whereas now he's like Roblox and Minecraft and he's like get Millie away from me like she's not cool like he wants to be like one of the boys now so they do get on really well they argue sometimes but again it's more get out of my room now I've had enough I want you to leave and they're very good at saying that like now I need my own space and they'll say it to us sometimes as well like my eldest he'll going to huff about something and I'm like do you want to talk and he's like no I just want to be in my room by myself for a while and then he'll come out and he'll talk to me when he's ready so it's not like I've never sent him to his room but he also knows that's his place that he can go and just calm himself down he also knows that I'm there for cuddles like if if he wants that as well uh, but they're always sleeping in each other's rooms always they're always like um Ethan who's six has got a double bed and a double sofa bed, yet the pair of like him and Lucas sleep in Lucas's single bed in Lucas's room. 
I'm like, dude, like you've got big massive beds through that room, but they always end up in like his room and sleeping in together. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Just want to know, has there been any negativity from outside people or family or anyone who sticks in your mind that has come from a place of society pressure, really? I'd say on the whole, not on the whole most people and especially when they know the kids like they're so when I go to friends house and like we'll get snacks out and their kids are all like binge eating on the crisps and sweets and my kids don't and they're like Hayley how are your kids not like like they're sitting eating olives and hummus I'm like because they can have crisps and sweets anytime they want it's not bad or good it's just food and they know how they feel when they eat that so most of the time it's quite my friends are also like there's no way I'd do it I need a break from my kids but they're so supportive my mum who's really for it now wasn't when we first started we had to go through a de-schooling phase so for about 18 months with the older ones because we'd brought them up more traditionally then we were transitioning to this they binged on everything so they stayed up all night they binged on electronics computer games sweets junk food they were like bouncing off the walls and I remember my mum basically being like you don't know what you're doing you're kind of ruining their life type thing and I was just like I remember saying to her like the way you brought up my brother didn't work and the way that Derek was brought up didn't work I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, but I trust this is the right thing for my children. And maybe I'll be wrong, but I have to, you have to trust me. And what I said to her, I was because we don't have support from family. So I was like, I never come to you for parenting advice. I never come to you because I can't handle my kids or stressed out. I don't ask you for any advice. So don't try and give me some. I'd see the point if I was like on the phone to her, like, mum, I can't handle my kids. They're running riot. But I wasn't. I was like, you're coming into my house and just judging when... I've not asked you. You can come here and see the kids or not, but you've not been asked for your advice. And I remember, like, I said to her, I was like, that, go and look into it. And she did. I remember a few months later and she was like, Hayley, I've been up to, like, three o'clock in the morning reading about radical unschooling. I totally get why you're doing it and I support you in it. And this is, like, another sort of two years down the line now. And every time the kids see family they're just like we cannot believe the difference in them Haley. they're amazing they're so like emotionally intelligent like my mum took my eldest to the zoo which is the first time she's ever had him out anywhere since he'd been born and he's he's almost nine but they went out together and she was like he was so good and then part with the way through the day he was like granny I think I'm done I'm really tired I think I'd just like to go home and chill out now and she was just like again being able to express that rather than fight being tired or it was just like I've had a good day can we just go home now like I'm I'm good are you good kind of thing let's let's call it quits now so that's that's I'd say the main kind of thing that we had and then the support we've got now the only other people who has been my friends or people I know who are teachers I think they get quite triggered because they feel quite passionate about is their career and everything that I do and the way I bring up my kids goes against what they teach and get taught so I don't often post about it but I shared a meme once about 
basically kids being in school getting taught to conform and one of my teacher friends was like we don't teach kids to conform like Hayley I get what you do but we don't we are really creative and forward focused school and I was like I appreciate that and I know how amazing you are as a teacher I'm like but do the kids all have to wear the same school uniform do they have to start at the same time do they have to eat lunch at the same time do they have to go home at the same time it's teaching kids to conform. I say it's amazing that schools are starting to get more forward focused, but that is the case. And I don't, I'll never like go on and shout my mouth out about like what I believe in or anything like that. And I'm really open-minded myself, but I do find that teachers are quite triggered as soon as this comes up in conversation. Amazing. I just want to say as well, how incredible that you have taught your mum another way, which is just amazing to actually listen to. I guess one of the questions that probably everyone's listening to is, okay, you're a CEO, you've got a business or business businesses you correct me how do you manage four kids in the house homeschooling and running a business (laughs) I find it fine but my friends like are always like that like Hayley you must have a time machine (laughs) like there's no way you have the same amount of hours in your day my business and my kids obviously the kids first the kids are my life I joke about like Again, it's been like in my family and everything like that. It's a running joke that I'm like borderline obsessed with my children. I'm so different to how we were brought up. And I'm so like love hard on the kids. I think most people do, but they're my everything. Absolutely everything. The only thing that will take any of me time-wise away from my children is my business. It's another... it like lights me up it's what I'm passionate about like it keeps me up until like one o'clock in the morning not because I have to do things but because I want to learn more I want like I love it it's my it's my hobby and it's my downtime as well as my business and I stopped striving for work-life balance a long time ago it doesn't exist anybody that says that it does it just doesn't. It's always going to be tipped in one direction or the other. And those skills will tip at different points in your life. But for us, it's always been about work-life integration. I'm not about like, I'm only going to work these amount of hours. And in this times for the kids, and I feel like I'm trapped again, trapped back in this cycle of working and counting down till the weekend or counting down till the evenings. Whereas Apart from my, I've got calls scheduled in three days a week, so obviously I need to turn up at a certain time for them. But the rest just flows. Like, I work when I feel inspired and I take time with the kids. So I might be having time with the kids and if they're all playing fine and I get an idea for something, I'll quickly go and jump into work mode and expand on that. But equally, if I'm sitting doing admin and the kids are like, mum, can you come and play? I'm like, yeah, cool. Shut my computer and I go and play like I found it it just flows so it's not I'm never not a mum and I'm never not a business owner I'm all of those things all of the time and I just take my like pressure off myself to spend this amount of time here or calculate this amount of time here it's just all done yeah it's, it's hard to explain it's just I just live it all 
and it seems to work for us so yeah no it's it's amazing there's something that you just reminded me of I speak about mum guilt quite a lot and I honestly think it's just bullshit like I think it stems from the traditional mother view it also stems from our conditioning so you're only feeling guilty because of what other people have usually said that you are supposed to be doing something else or supposed to be acting a certain way as a mum so I wanted to ask you if you ever get mum guilt with running a business but by the sounds of it you don't because you let it flow yeah I don't I wouldn't say get mum guilt I'd say that I do question myself sometimes but I think that's normal so sometimes I'll just sit back and be like like reflecting back do I feel like I'm giving enough attention to the areas that I want to give but I'm quite on it like so I obviously run a full-time business but because the kids aren't at school I spend more time with my children than most other parents spend so even though I'm working full-time hours like the kids are with me constantly as well like even in between work and stuff and the kids like the way I'm bringing up the kids is the one thing in my life that I've always felt sure of like it's probably the one area that I've always made sure I feel strong in. I can, I'm guilty for not spending enough time on myself, guilty for not spending enough time with my husband, guilty for not doing enough admin and organisation in my business, all those things. But I'd say the one area I've always made sure was a priority is my children. And because I let myself not get sucked into society's norms in that area, I feel like I don't feel the guilt the same, but I do question myself. I do question sometimes, is this the right thing? Should I be doing more? Should I be? And then the kids will just do something and I'm just like, you amaze me and you're incredible. And I just see how much they're thriving in this lifestyle and it's enough for me to just be like, this is right. It just feels right. Um... And I think because we are away from that, like the school drop off and all these extracurricular activities going all the time and keeping up, like my my son used to go to gymnastics, football, um, drama and piano from when he was three years old to five. And I look back now and I'm like, Hayley, what were you doing? Like he was a child. But that's because the area we lived in, that's what they were like get your kids into this and that and that and that and there was so much pressure whereas because I'm kind of removed from that now I'm removed a little bit from that society there's not the same pressure so I don't feel guilty like if the kids don't go somewhere every day of the week that's cool because they're like me and they actually like to hang about in the house and watch movies and chat and do fun things together so yeah, I, I see how mum guilt is such a big part of society, but like you, it doesn't have to be. I find that it's actually other mums. Like we, we all unknowingly sometimes make other people feel guilty and then you try and keep up more and then because you're keeping up more, other people are feeling like they're not enough. They're trying to keep up. They're making other people feel not enough. 
and it's just so not necessary that is such a good way to put it it's actually like you said before keeping up with the joneses isn't it it's like you're then seeing as well like a really skewed view on social media of like you know what mums are doing and you feel like inadequate because you're not doing the same or when you go to like these extracurricular activities and you're like oh, should I be doing more? And should I be doing this? Or does that mean I'm a bad mum if I, I just want to veg out on the sofa for, for a day? Oh, I should be doing this. Like, where does that pressure come from? Really, it's to look within us, isn't it? And to say what feels right for us and our family. And I think that's definitely a big, huge key message that we can take away from this podcast episode because you've been phenomenal. But there is one last question that I like to ask my guests, which is how have you turned your pain into your purpose? So for me, I'd say actual pain. So physical pain, there's there's probably a lot of emotional ways, emotional pain as well that I've definitely turned. But I've dealt with and deal with daily physical pain. So I've got a chronic illness. I've got something called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. So it basically means all my muscles are lax, my skin, my insides, I've got stomach issues, I've got my joints dislocate regularly, I've got tendonitis, I've got carpal tunnel, affects every part of your body and your daily in pain I used to be on like 40 meds a day for it and it still wasn't on top it's all those meds have like eroded my stomach I can't take any oral medication anymore so I don't now I, I manage it through exercise through mindset and through diet I'm still in pain daily but my mindset has helped so much with that But what I'd say, the reason that I'm bringing this up with the pain to purpose is I remember being part of a group online with women that have this. And at first I felt seen, I felt heard. People that got it, that even though you look fine, going for a shower can knacker you. Or people that don't get that, what it feels like to not remember a day that you didn't feel in pain in your body. And I felt really like I belonged. I was like, I'm around women that get it. But then I started going downhill because I was around everybody who was in victimhood and everybody who was justifying not moving their life forward because of how much pain they were in. And I remember one day and I was on these meds and the meds obviously were then knocking me out more. So I was spending more time in my bed and it just got to one day and I deleted it. I deleted the group. I came out the group. And I was like, this is not going to be me. I used to wear splints. I used to have to use crutches. And I've been told, like, there's a good chance I'll be in a wheelchair full time by the time I'm 50. And I was just like, no, I'm not. I felt like I was just getting by on life and just waiting for each day to get worse. And I was like, I'm not letting this stop me from living my life. I'm not going to play into the victimhood of this like I'm not going to let it debilitate me anymore I'm not missing out on time with my kids or I'm not going after what I want and I think see when you you're at that point of feeling like your whole life is out of your control and then you decide this is like I'm going to go forward and a lot of people say as well like to me like how can you take such massive action like I take massive action all the time and vest when it doesn't seem like it's possible like I just do things really quickly and I'm like because I know what it's like to feel stuck in bed 
feeling like you have no control over the world. We've also been like, my, my husband's upbringing is way worse than mine, but we've been through the homeless system as children, as adults. We have lived with no money before. We have had nothing. Reflecting back on that and reflecting back also what I felt like when I was at my worst pain-wise, physical pain-wise, I was like, when you've been to that, you're not scared of losing everything because you know that you can overcome it. If you do something once, you can do it again. It builds up your resiliency. And I think that there is such a reminder of how resilient human beings are. And that's something that still blows my mind daily. There's a guy called Mohamedou al Sali, and there's a film, I think it's The Man, the Mantarian or something like that made about him. And basically was wrongly captured and tortured for years. And he's a life coach now. And I chat to him on Instagram and it blows me away. Like his story is way worse, way, way worse than mine at all. But it just blows me away how resilient we can actually be as human beings. And I think when you reflect back, if you're ever stuck thinking, how am I going to do this thing? Reflect back and think of like five times in your life when you've overcame something that you thought at the time, there's no way I'm going to get over this. But you did it because we all have them, no matter how big or how small. There's those times where it would have been so easy to give up and you didn't. And that's definitely how I look back and think I've overcame way worse before. I can overcome this, I can move forward. And yeah, I think human beings just blow me away by how resilient they are. And in a way, that's I'll reflect back now and think I'm lucky. I'm lucky to have went through the experiences I have because they've taught me, they've brought out that inner spark in me, they've brought out that inner drive to move forward with our life. Wow. <laughs> I mean, if that's not inspiration for you, then I don't know what is. <laughs> I, I completely agree. And those experiences shape us to where we are now. And usually, I mean, you're a coach and it's particularly helping women in success, aren't you? So do you want to just share where people can find you, more about you and what you do as well, just before we end this episode? Yeah, definitely. So I'm usually on Instagram. I have got a mum page, Mum of Wildlings, but I'm never usually active on there anymore. So I did, I've got, I had a mum blog and everything, but I just, I'm more in my coaching space now. It was something had to go and that was one of the first things that I'll, I'll dip in and out of there. But usually I'm on Instagram as Hayley Forbes Coaching and my DMs are always open. Like I love chatting with everybody on there. And I do, so I help people with success and that is usually business focused now, but I still have some clients, it's their life. So it's, my passion is and. This is something that I chatted to my husband about before we actually started, like I started coaching and it was in a conversation with someone and I was like, that's what I need to help clients with as well. So I always say like to my husband, this is, I don't ever want to ask the kids what they want to do for a living when they get older. I don't want to teach them to work for a living. I want to teach them to live for a living, do something they're passionate about and then find out how they can get paid for that. And so then that's the message that I brought into my coaching is I want to help people live for a living. So whether that's in their life or their business, like 
I think people don't realise that actually every one of us, no matter what life throws at us, we get to create our life. So we're not what happened to us and we're not responsible for that, but we're 100% responsible for how we move forward and we get to create any life we want. And it's not saying it's going to be easy and it'll be harder for some and easier for some, but we still all get that opportunity. And that's what I love helping people do. Like I love when I'm coaching people and they're like, can I do that? And I'm like, of course, like you can literally do anything you want. Like we get to choose, we get to create. Yeah. And again, that's a different mindset shift that only people are waking up to now, I think. Whereas before it was like, oh no, the conventional way of living was you go to school, you go to university, then you, you get a good job and then you get your paycheck every single month, but then you become miserable in actually what you're doing because it's not actually what you really want to do so oh Hayley you've been amazing on here and you've shared so many insights and I know that this will be a really popular episode because it's just something so radical and something that we haven't heard of before maybe some people have but I certainly haven't and it's been really interesting to talk about it so thank you amazing thank you so much for having me on I love chatting about all this stuff I probably don't speak about it as much as I could so when I get the opportunity I love it you've got a powerful story amazing thank you so much this is the unfiltered life podcast with charlotte jonesy thank you so much for listening to this episode if you loved it please subscribe download and leave me a review if you learned something new or just really enjoyed this episode then why don't you share it with others by screenshotting it and sharing it on your stories and don't forget to tag me so that I can see it if you're interested in life or business coaching with me or any of my programs then please head to www.charlottejonesy.com for more information hope to speak with you soon if not I will see you in next week's episode lots of love Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.